Hello there, and welcome to the Presidency Podcast. This is episode one, setting the scene. In this episode, I will discuss the plan of the podcast and give a general tour of the world at the time just before Washington is born. Let this episode be like a preface in a history book, an often skip section, but important for the understanding of the pages to follow. I will describe what the podcast will be all about and what for you to expect. The Presidency Podcast will take us on a trip through American history by delving into the lives of each American president and anyone who was instrumental in their lives along the way. My aim is to inform the listener on the complete nuances of every president, while also telling American history indirectly as time progresses. For each president, I plan on discussing their early life, political career, election, their presidency, life after their time in office, and eventually their legacy. I will begin with the first president, and no, I do not mean John Hansen. I, in fact, I'm sure, to your surprise, am alluding to George Washington. However, I do plan on discussing John Hansen with a supplemental or within my members episode. Now that I've brought up members episode, I should probably discuss membership and why I'm planning on doing a membership. I plan on discussing a lot of history in this podcast, so much history that I believe I will distract from the main narrative that I'm trying to formulate. I'll be providing free of charge hours of in-depth historical coverage of each American president. George Washington himself will take months, perhaps even a year of coverage. If you don't believe me, just look at the sheer number of books that cover that man's life. It is a lot of information to delve into, and I want to do this right, so I'm going to take my time. On top of my regularly scheduled program, I have some tangents in different series I want to cover. Some tangents will be important to the name narrative that I'm... It is a lot of information to delve into, and I want to do this right, so I'm going to take my time. On top of the regularly scheduled program, I have some tangents in different series I want to cover. Some tangents will be important enough to the main narrative to include in the regular series, perhaps a standalone episode to better give an idea of things. An early supplemental that I plan on covering is one on the Fairfax family and how they played an important role in George's life. Other topics will be mentioned in the main series, but will be fully fleshed out in a feed I will reward my members with, who in turn support the show. My goal is to ensure that I give my supporters quality, extra episodes, which I hope will eventually rival the main podcast numbers. I'll be using Patreon to fuel memberships for the show, so if you are interested in supporting the show, just search The Presidency Podcast on Patreon or click the link in the show notes that will take you to my page. I already have a huge list of things that I want to cover for the members. One thing that I want to prioritize is the foundation of every original 13 colony. I think it is important to the understanding of the American story and to this podcast. Plus, I think outside the major stories of the Pilgrims and John Smith, it's just information that is relatively unknown to the average person. Hopefully, as this first episode is released, I will have part one of Virginian Colonial History up on my Patreon for all members to listen to. And as of right now, I have part one and part two written. I just need to record. So that's going to be two extra episodes already if you become a member. Then as the series progresses, I will discuss the rest of the states as it becomes necessary. Other member episodes will include series on various founding fathers and other historical figures. I will try to keep the members' episodes in line with the timeline of the main series. And additionally, I will cover other things that I find interesting. 
for example, I read this book called The Trial and Execution of the Traitor George Washington. And obviously it's a historical fiction book, but it creates a interesting narrative that plays into the persona of who George Washington is. So I'd like to like give a review of that and tell you guys about it. I will also be taking requests on what the listener or my members would like for me to cover in the members series. I have planned out a rough outline for how the podcast will be structured. I will break it down by present, naturally, shifting from one present to the other. But I believe that I also break it down along different lines. I will segment American history into different epochs, or tomes of sorts, with small eras interspersed within them. For instance, the first tome I will cover will include five presidents, George Washington, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, and James Monroe. These five presidents all are considered members of the Revolutionary Tome, as they were all founding fathers. You will see during the first volume in American history of how much experimentation really went into the American political system. After each tome, I will come out with appendices that will cover major themes and topics of the prior tome. And there will just be things I want to talk about that kind of wrap up and put the bow on what we just covered. My plan following the Revolutionary Tome will be the Jacksonian Tome. In this tome, it will be dominated by the narrative of the resurgence of the two-party system and an increased focus on Indian relations. This tome will include John Adams, Andrew Jackson, Martin Van Buren, the awesome short reign of William Henry Harrison, and John Tyler. After the Jacksonian tome, we will delve into the Road to the Civil War tome, which I should probably change the name to, but I still have a lot of time until we get there, so if you have any better suggestions, let me know. This tome will be all about how there was a visible, slow buildup to the Civil War in the United States starting a lot with the Mexican-American War, which is why I'm starting with Polk. We will see large abolition movements at this time, and pressure put on by and on to the South. This tome will include presidents such as James K. Polk, Zachary Taylor, Millard Fillmore, Franklin Pierce, James Buchanan, and finally, Abraham Lincoln. Once we finish the road to the Civil War tome, we will move into the Reconstruction and Gilded Age tome. This tome will focus on the Union becoming stable after the Civil War and the growing economic power of the United States in the late 19th century. This tome will include Andrew Johnson, Ulysses S. Grant, Rutherford B. Hayes, James A. Garfield, Grover Cleveland, Benjamin Harrison, and you guessed it, Grover Cleveland again. I will go over the next tomes quickly since it will be a very long time until we even get close to covering them. They are as follows. The Progressive Tome. During this tome we will discover presents such as William McKinley, Theodore Roosevelt, William Howard Taft, and Woodrow Wilson. Following that tome will be the Roaring Twenties and Great Depression Tome. This will include Warren G. Harding, Calvin Coolidge, and Herbert Hoover. We will have a single president tome. This will be the FDR tome, which will obviously cover Franklin Delano Roosevelt. I think it would be a good idea to have a whole section that is simply of the era of FDR due to his ridiculous almost 13 years in office. Following FDR will be the Cold War tome. 
This tome will include Arius Truman, Dwight D. Eisenhower, John F. Kennedy, Lyndon B. Johnson, and Richard Nixon. After the Cold War tome, we will delve into the Reagan era tome. This tome will be covering Gerald Ford, Jimmy Carter, Ronald Reagan, and H.W. Bush. For the tome that stretches in today, which at the time of this episode's recording is September 18th, 2022, will be the Partisan Tome. In this tome, we will cover Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, Barack Obama, Donald Trump, and Joe Biden. For the rest of this episode, I want to give a bit of a tour of the world that we're living in around the time of George Washington's birth. This will be how the world is in 1700. This is essentially the same time when Georgia was born in 1732, so let's get on with it. Around 1700, Western Europe is essentially as it is today. In Iberia, Portugal and a unified Spain share the peninsula. I'm noting that Spain is now unified because by 1700, the kingdom was unified for just less than 200 years as unification happened in 1512. The ruler of Spain who actually took over the crown in 1700, believe it or not, was Philip V. He was the first member of House Bourbon to rule as the King of Spain. As we will see through the narrative throughout the years, Spain will become a throne that many different European dynasties will play musical chairs with. This becomes more interesting as Spain's colonial holdings in the New World change hands dynastically often will influence American interests. At this time, the sun truly doesn't set on the Spanish Empire. They control vast areas in the New World that stretches from California down through Texas, Mexico, Guatemala, Nicaragua, Honduras, El Salvador, Costa Rica, Panama, and for the Caribbean. They hold Florida, Cuba, the eastern side of Hispaniola, San Domingo, and Puerto Rico. On top of the North American colonies, in South America they control the Northwest continent, plus Peru, and much of South Central South America. On the other side of the Pacific, Spain has the Philippines. Spain clearly at this time is one of, if not the, major power in 1700. As we will see once I continue with Europe, Spain is not done yet with their land holdings. Portugal, too, still has colonial holdings at this time, and later have interest in India that comes in the conflict with Great Britain. For now, they control Brazil and some of Uruguay. They also have control of the island of Timor in the East Indies and a port in China. In Africa, they control Angola and Mozambique. Continuing in Western Europe, France continues to be a superpower, as it has been for hundreds of years. France not only extended colonial holdings, but also an increased footprint that differs from today. For example, the French metropole has control of the territory that makes up current-day Belgium, as well as parts of the German realm. It is important, however, to state that Avignon is still in control of the Papal States at this point. And this will become a major issue in around 100 years from now, that is during revolutionary France and the time of Napoleon. As for the New World holdings, France still claimed in much of Western Canada, 
was completely circled under the Great Lake. They also had control of Newfoundland and Labrador, plus contested claims with the English in Nova Scotia and parts of Maine. As we head further south of the New World, France controls the entire length of the Mississippi and the Louisiana Delta. Traveling to the Gulf of Mexico, France has a crown jewel of the Caribbean, Saint-Domingue, which is now known as Haiti, and the Caribbean Empire is topped off with various smaller islands north of the coast of Brazil. As for South America, France controls what today is still a functioning member of French society in French Guyana. The focus of their vast North American holdings will play into why France becomes a major player in early American history and foreign policy. As for the French ruler in 1700s, their king was Louis XIV, who was one of the greatest French kings of all time, actually. He reigned for 72 years and for 110 days, which was the longest reign of any sovereign monarch in recorded history. Heading into southern Europe, specifically Italy, there are many states there that include Savoy, Genoa, Milan, the Papal States, Florence, Venice, and Ragusa. As I stated a bit prior, Spain would also make a return as they control the large Italian island of Sardinia, as well as the southern half of Italy and all of Sicily. So chalk that up to an even vaster Spanish empire. Moving across the Alps, we can find the Swiss Confederation as well as a myriad of hundreds of German states, duchies, and principalities. This, of course, is the Holy Roman Empire, or better known as the HRE. Unbeknownst to its members, the HRE has only around a hundred years of life left. As we will see going forward in the series, the dissolution of the HRE will create major changes for the Western world. The major states of the HRE that we need to worry about right now are Austria and Prussia. These two are the major powers of the HRE, with minor powers thrown in, such as Bavaria, Saxony, and the smaller trade principalities of the north. And speaking of the north, guess what? I bet you didn't see coming. Spain is back, baby. Yep, Spain has holdings in the HRE. Their holdings in the HRE include the Spanish lowlands, mostly parts of modern-day Belgium. Like I said, Spain is truly a power at this time. But, as we will see, this plot of land changes quite often from Spain to Austria to France, and as it turns out, no one really wants it, except for France, but no one wants France to have it, if that makes sense. Moving up from the Spanish lowlands, like I said, Belgium, we have reached the independent provinces, aka Netherlands. At this time, the Dutch did not have much in the New World, besides a few Caribbean islands and Suriname. In Africa, they started their colonial empire in the south, which as this time is simply known as the Cape Colony, but would later become South Africa. In the Indian Ocean, they had a few small islands under their control, but the real colonial prize began to come into picture in the holdings of Sri Lanka and in the Indian mainland. However, their real prize was the Dutch East Indies. And within that, the famous or infamous Dutch East India Company will come into play, and we will surely see them in the early podcast. As of 1700, they controlled large chunks of modern-day Indonesia, but eventually they would later control almost all of it. The Dutch, French, and Spanish at the time are the three of the contemporary powers that will play a role either politically or economically in the Americas' early history and future. The three 
nation's vast colonial empires would, for the most part, last halfway through the 20th century. Besides Spain, of course, who essentially lost everything after the Spanish-American War, but we will eventually get into that. I'm looking at you there, Puerto Rico. In Northern Europe, Denmark still has overlordship of Norway, Iceland, and Greenland. Plus, they currently have control of Schleswig-Holstein, which, if you did not know, is part of the HRE. It's the northern part up into the peninsula of Denmark. But this will become a major issue with the Prussians in the future. A war will happen because of it. Anyway, Sweden has gained its independence for around 150 years now. In 1700, the Swedes control Finland and a lot of Livonia. South of Swedish Livonia sits the massive Poland-Lithuanian Commonwealth, which by 1700 stretches from modern Poland and includes parts of modern Slovakia, Russia, Belarus, Ukraine, and Romania. The Russian Empire by the time of 1700 was really starting to take form, as they stretched all the way from the Baltic Sea to the Pacific at the time. Peter the Great was their ruler in 1700s, but was later succeeded by Catherine the Great in 1725. Russia at the time stretched from the steppes east of the Ural Mountains to the icy waters of the North Pacific. Shifting to a much warmer climate now, North Africa was dominated by the Ottoman Empire, who stretches along most of the southern Mediterranean coast, up through Egypt, through the Levant, down along the Red Sea, then back up through Iraq. Anatonia, the Balkans, and the southern part of modern-day Ukraine. The Ottomans also controlled at the time the large islands of Crete and Cyprus. Sticking with North Africa just across the Pillars of Hercules was the state of Morocco. As we see in our series, North Africa will actually be a pretty important location for early American foreign policy. If you know anything about the Tripoli Pirates and how the Marines got their nickname of the Leathernecks. Stay tuned because we will cover that definitely here in this podcast. Continuing west, the Safavid Empire controls modern-day Iran and some surrounding areas. Past them are some smaller Central Asian states. Then we can find Tibet and the Mughal Empire, which is about to be gutted by European colonial power. On the other side of the Himalayas and the Tibetan Plateau sits the vast Qing Empire, a unified Korea, and Tokugawa Japan. South of these East Asian powers lies Indochina, which is a composite of around a dozen states that, soon like India, will be carved up by colonial powers. In Africa, much of the continent is still uncolonized and made up of many small tribes or pseudo-states. Australia, New Zealand, and much of Western North America still lie unexplored by the time of 1700. I am sure that some especially astute listeners have already realized that I forgot one major nation. And that, my friends, is on purpose. I wanted to save the mother country of America last. I did this just so it is fresh in our minds as we move on to the rest of the series. Left in our tour is England. England, at the time of 1700, has the humble beginnings of its vast colonial empire that will blossom fully in the early 20th century. I should state, however, that in the 1707, with the passing of the Act of the Union, England officially becomes Great Britain. So, I will just from here on refer to them as the British. 
And anyway, at the time that our story actually starts in 1732, Britain will be known as Britain, not England. So, Britain at this time had dominion over Wales, Ireland, and Scotland. In the New World, they had some claims in Canada, which was disputed by the French, such as area around Hudson's Bay and Nova Scotia. Along the Gulf of Mexico, the British controlled the Mosquito Coast, which is the eastern side of modern-day Nicaragua. This is a place that Gregor MacGregor sold people on immigrating to. I'm sure we will cover that lovely story when we get there. Besides the Mosquito Coast, there is a small section north known as British Honduras, but is better known today as Belize. In the Caribbean, the British controlled Jamaica, the Bahamas, Bermuda, and a few islands such as Barbados and San Croix. On the other side of the globe, the British set up their seeds in India. As we will surely discuss in the future of the series, we will see how India becomes a jewel of the British Empire. On top of the colonial possessions that I just listed, Britain's current jewel is their colonial territories off the Atlantic coast. These colonies, of course, are the Big 13. From north to south, they are Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Connecticut, New Hampshire, New York, Pennsylvania, Maryland, Delaware, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia. This, of course, is where our story will take place. We will be getting very acquainted with Virginia, as four of the five presidents are from Virginia. Virginia, at the time of Washington, is very entrenched in colonial society with a large economy based on agriculture and trade to the British metropole. This cash crowd-focused society will make a clear impact on the culture that is sprouted from the colony. We will see this first with Washington, and we will see how this affects the political leanings with later individuals in this series, such as Jefferson and Madison, who will fight to protect their lifestyles, aka slavery. With that, I believe we can start to wrap up this episode. Next time, we will get right into George Washington's early life. Thank you so much for choosing to listen to the Presidency Podcast. If you have any comments or questions, please reach out to me at presidencypodcast at gmail.com. And like I stated earlier in the episode, please consider supporting me on Patreon. It will help fund the show, make it grow, make it have higher quality, and make it more frequent. As of right now, I'm probably going to aim for once every two weeks for an episode, but I would really like to be able to do this once every week. But this takes a lot of time and energy with research and producing the podcast, so any support would go a long way. My Patreon is just the Presidency Podcast, so just search me up on there. And also feel free to follow me or contact me on Twitter. My user is at the PresPod. And finally, if you did enjoy this history podcast, please recommend not only the podcast, but membership if you do choose to join that. Mention it to your friends or anyone else who you think would like the show. Essentially, all of the new podcasts that I get really into are all recommendations from friends. I think word of mouth is really the best way to grow a podcast. So please, if you do like it, tell them about the Presidency Podcast. Again, thank you so much for listening, and with that, hail to the chief!